When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us out of the UK to talk football uh, predominantly, actually to talk England and the fallout from that quarterfinal loss to the French is Matt Reid, English football journalist. You can follow him on Twitter, Matt Reid66. Uh, g'day, Matt. How you doing? I'm pretty sad, pretty broken. I'll, uh, I'll try. I'll try and package that for the uh, for the purpose of uh, of giving some balanced coverage here, Ricardo. But yeah, I'm yeah I'm feeling it a bit today, really, following the defeat. Yeah, I mean, how did you how did you like? I know that you you've since gone back and watched the game, so you've watched it twice. I don't know why you did that to yourself, but yeah. you have. Um, <laughs> what on reflection, taking I guess the emotion and the edge of the seat stuff out of it because you know what's going to happen. How did watching the game around a second time? What did you learn from that? And what do you think? How do you think it played out? Well, you watch a match for a second time, and you can watch it dispassionately, um, and you can watch it with all that you've read and all that you've seen the first time around, and that kind of that nervous energy that you have first time around, kind of out of it as you kind of reference. Um, second time watching it, I I think there's 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 I mean, a lot of details jumped out really clearly from the first viewing. The, the huge questions about um, Bakaya Saka and why he was taken off when he was dominating on the right wing for England, and how was the was the guy who was um, wasn't having having repeated shots on goal, wasn't creating guilt edged chances, but was definitely on the verge of of, of being in that position. Uh, and was and was worrying the French. Uh, and I know, having spoken to a couple of colleagues in France subsequently, that um, there was across the cities in France, there was kind of almost uh, a, well, there was like a deathly silence when he was taken off. Because it was like, well, why has that happened? Why have they taken off the guy who's creating so much trouble? But that but that stood out to me first time. It was a very very strange substitution taken off this guy who was making a real difference. The other the other standout star of the game for me, on from the England perspective, um, was Harry Kane, who uh, scored a penalty. You know, let's not mention the other part of it, but was also was dropping and creating a heck of a lot of chances and doing a really good job in a kind of floating number 10 role and when I watched it back I was kind of watching it back to focus particularly on the way that Kane was playing but also the midfielders behind him um, during the game I'm, I'm a bit of a long-term fan we've spoken a number of times Ricardo about my appreciation of, uh, of Jordan Henderson and the way the way that he plays and what he does um, I mean what he's done over the years admittedly we've been speaking for a long time and what he's done for years and years and years with his uh, his energy with his vision with his work rate and all of that kind of thing um, and his passing, which is very underrated. But uh, last night he was looking his age, um, and and I, I kind of I did expect that as well in the, when watching the game first time around. But I was I was wondering about about Declan Rice and about Jude Bellingham, about about how they were um, how they were performing and the way that um, that um, Griezmann, um, Anton Griezmann, who was one of the best best players for um, France, he's come in and he's got a ludicrous amount of praise following that performance, despite the fact that France only created a couple of half chances, uh, and the the assists that he that he got one was a lovely swung cross, um, 
Luke Shaw put a couple of nice crosses in for England as well. Uh, and one was a square ball into empty space, uh, 25 yards out with nobody around. So there was quite a lot of hyperbole attached to the performance of Griezmann. Um, so I watched it back mainly just to have a little bit of analysis of, of how Kane played. Um, the midfielders behind him and, and um, just to see if it was justified. Because when watching the game live, as far as Griezmann was concerned, he was he was there continuation player. He was the guy who was move, keeping the ball moving, keeping it at a good speed, using it pretty well in the midfield, but wasn't really creating much. Uh, and I'm just trying to rationalise why all of this praise is coming in. And, and I've kind of come to the conclusion it's just that so many people have been talking about him being the, the string puller and uh, being the kind of like the, the, the hidden genius at the heart of uh, of this weakened and depleted French French team doing well at this World Cup. And I think it's just a maintenance of the narrative because he was good last night, um, but he was a long way from being the best player on the pitch. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I, I mean, going back to your point about the, the substitution of Saka, the fact that he substituted him was strange. I'll, I'll get, you know, definitely that. But who he brought on made even less sense. I mean, you know, Raheem Sterling... Um, had just come back. He'd been out of camp. He'd just come back from being home because his family had had a home invasion. So his head's not even in the camp. He's also had an extraordinarily ordinary season by his standards since moving to Chelsea. He's not been in any sort of form at all. You've got Marcus Rashford, who's your top scorer at the tournament, on the bench until the 88th minute. I mean, surely if you're going to replace Saka with anybody, it's him. It it did feel like the the natural thing to do. The, The issue that by that point of the match... Um, when Sterling came on, the, the defensive line had retreated for France. I mean, England were massively on top. Uh, and the midfield line, or the mid, uh, at least three of the midfield players, um, had, had dropped back, and that included Griezmann, had dropped back to be sitting just in front of the defensive line. So there's very little space to be penetrating. And that's why I found the, um, the change of, for, of Sterling coming on, rather than a couple of other options, to be, to be really curious. Rashford's strength is with, the, with those balls into the space for him to be able to run and to like break the lines and to be able to run in on goal and cutting off the angle. That was a little bit cut back by the, by the way that the, the defensive line had pushed back. Sterling is a little bit more, um, has a little bit more magic in the way that he can make things happen and the little kind of like flick passes and, and, uh, and the movement in really tight spaces. But as you note, he's not really been doing that um, since, I mean, apart from his first few games for Chelsea since moving there, he has been struggling with that. So very curious. I, I, I can't help but feel um, this is uh, Gareth Southgate with his kind of focus on the psychology and on uh, the drives and motivations of players. I think he saw um, Sterling had come back and he believed that Sterling would be inspired by the uh, by what had happened with the break-in in his house. Um, basically just to go out there and to put a marker down to say, I'm not taking this, you know, I'm here and I'm going to go and I'm going to go and be an inspirational player. I've been dropped. I'm proving myself. This is, you know, fire in his belly kind of situation. Um, but the, uh, um, but that didn't work out to be the case. It was a, a pretty much an anonymous um, dis- um, display as far as Sterling was concerned, because there was no space for him to work in. Um, it was such a squeeze match by that point. And, England had been massively on top of France for well let, let's 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 say of the second half 70 80% of the second half weren't creating huge chances but were moving the ball around quite nicely Saka was getting it quite deep and having getting it in in one on two kind of situations um 
and and it, it just it was just so strange to see Bukayo Saka come off. I don't, I'm not a particular fan of Gareth Southgate's um, substitutions. I think during this World Cup they haven't been bad, um, but as has been typical long term, slightly too late. And as you say with Marcus Rashford, um, and as, and, he, and he almost proved to be an inspired change, even though he didn't wasn't given any kind of time with a free kick that was was a matter of half a foot away from uh, from finding the net, um, which he which he like smashed over in like added time. Um, yeah, the changes haven't been haven't been bad during this World Cup, but they're always just that bit too late. And just thinking, well, the horse is bolted now. Let's really apply some pressure and really go for the win. And and it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, what now for Gareth Southgate? I mean, I think you know, I look at things he could have done, players he had available. He's just too conservative, isn't he? Even when you've got the foot on the throat of the opposition, he still won't go that extra mile to uh, to make to put the opposition away. We've seen it against the Italians in the Euro final. We saw it here against the French as well. I mean, it, it feels like he's taken this team as far as he can go and they need to, need to look elsewhere. Well, I'll just wind that back a little bit. I, abs- I think you've, you've nailed the point with the... Um, with the ruthlessness, uh, the, the points when England are, are on top and when they are um, controlling the play and when they are um, really looking like they're going to be like scoring two, three, and four, even though we have scored multiple goals in this tournament, when he's playing against a team which he's slightly nervous about, where he looks at them and he just thinks, "Cool, well, they've got an Mbappe, they've got a Griezmann, they've got a Dembele, they've got pace options, they've got this, this, and that," he always has. The players, well, there are two parts to this. He always has his eye on where can we concede a goal. And that's why he insists on having this kind of double pivot uh, in the defensive midfield positions or with the 4-3-3 that we played, the most defensive three that you could possibly imagine from our squad. Um, and Jude Bellingham, who was a box-to-box, ball-winning midfielder. He had Declan Rice, the sitting former centre-back uh, defensive midfielder. And you had Jordan Henderson, who is a stick-your-foot-in, work-hard, win-the-ball, grind-out results kind of player. When he could have been playing Foden deeper in those positions, he could have been playing Mount in those positions. He could have been playing even Calvin Phillips, who would have been ever so slightly more attacking. What, what about James Madison? I mean, James Madison's played as a dual eight with Leicester before. He can play that role too, and he certainly gives you a hell of a lot more he, going forward. He certainly, he certainly does. But I think the issue, I think that's pushing Southgate uh, like leaps and bounds beyond where he is. Um, I, I, I agree with you. So taking it back to that key point, I absolutely agree with you that the, the lack of ruthlessness is a major issue. That is the flaw. And it's what's been really, really exposed uh, at the European Championships. Uh, and also, well, it, it's been there for a long time, but in particular, the, the, the European Championships, um, when we were playing against Denmark, when we were playing against Greece in the early, also against Germany in the early stages in the quarterfinals, when we were playing against Italy as well. When you have periods of domination, you say to those players, I'm not suggesting that you have to be going, you have to be playing a, a 4-1, 4-1 with the four midfielders being super attacking players. But what I am suggesting is if you are going to play a double pivot, two defensive midfielders, or if you are going to play a, a defensive midfielder with three centre-backs and wing-backs, then for God's sake, there are another four players who can be told, forget it, forget defending, forget about that, forget the percentages, go out there and do your maverick best. Go out there, run free, don't worry about it, you'll lose the ball sometimes, but we, we, you, you're going to create chances and opportunity by terrifying the opposition with the strengths that you've got. And that's not what England do under Gareth Southgate. You see the way that um, Jack Grealish's game has changed since, since starting to play for Southgate. 
there's space in front of him, there's space to drive into, there's a man to beat. He now plays it square and he plays it backwards and makes a run to try and find space. It's a give-and-go mentality. And England plays some very good football under Southgate. But those attacking players need to be freed to go out and play their game and not panic about giving the ball away. If, you, if, you're, a, if you're a running player, run free, go and attack, don't panic about retention. And, and that's part of the reason, I think, why Madison hasn't had a look in, because Madison will give the ball away a little bit. But the fact of the matter is he creates chances. The, the other part, the general conservative detail, um, just going back to, that four, to the 4-3-3 that's been played, um, the three midfielders, one of those three, Bellingham, Bellingham has been has been pushing forward, and as as did um, Henderson. But both of them again were are players who can win the ball back and have that mentality. And it just it's just slightly too much. And last night it was shown up that we were short of that creative presence in the midfield when we just needed one person to put their foot on the ball and make maybe be more willing to make a few of those little runs into spaces from midfield and break the lines. And mm. that and that in the end is what held back England. Yeah, it is hundred percent. So what do you think? Uh, will South Gate be the England manager going forward? Despite all of my moaning, Ricardo, I still like him. He's done, so, and, it's, and it's maddening. It really is. I, I've been to World Cups with England. Um, I've been to World Cups under Sven. I've been to World Cups under Fabio Capello. I'd missed out on Brazil because of oh, you, don't, you don't want to hear the backstory to that one. It was, it's a good backstory, but it's too long for today. Um, so I missed out on Hodgson fun. Uh, and I missed, but I didn't miss out on Capello Payne and McLaren Payne and all of these managers that I've watched and I've I've been to tournaments with, um, or missed out on tournaments with. Southgate has created something with England, which is such. It's not a level above. It's so many levels above where we were before. It's remarkable what we're doing now, um, and we. I, I've. I've um, I've spoken to some friends in North Africa over the uh, since, since the match, Morocco, Morocco and Egypt-based uh, people, uh, journalists, um, and they said, so we know we just love watching England. They played so well. I mean, the Moroccan fans were were really enjoying watching England play yesterday, and they wanted England to win, not because they thought they had a better chance of beating them, just because they were the fun team to watch. They were the ones who actually were moving the ball quite nicely, who had some quite exciting players, even though they're always watching behind them to make sure they're not giving the ball and ball away. Um, but we are playing good football. There's no doubt about that. And he, he has achieved that from an incredibly low point with uh, players who were full of fear, with players who were disconnected from the country, with factions in the squad, um, with uh, players like dragging a weight around behind them. And but the only way that exists for these players now, because they really have confidence, they really enjoy playing together, they're a really good unit. The only um, issues that there are in the squad now, there's a little bit of lingering. Um, he's got his favourites and he'll pick those players. And what the heck have I got to do at club level to get myself past somebody who's not even playing at inter- international level? Sorry, at club level for like, you know, for their club. Um, the Harry Maguire example. Um, and, and what have I got to do to, to really convince him when I'm playing so well and I'm, I'm having all these assists, I'm doing so well in the James Madison example. Mm. Um, he does have those players. And that, and that is a, it's a, it's a little bit of an issue. But the fact of the matter is, look what's happened to Harry Maguire at this tournament. 
just look how he's played. Um, and in the majority of the matches, he's been one of the best two or three players in the England team. A lot of the time, it is because the ball you know, is magnetised to his head, and he and he wins everything that comes comes across in that in that kind of fashion. Uh, and he and he is a bit clunky, and he is he, and he, he's possible to be clunky. But some of his balls out from the back uh, yesterday, but also against the, against Senegal and against the Welsh, were absolutely fantastic and were launching attacks. Um, same with Luke Shaw, who's hit and miss for Manchester United, but had been remarkable at this World Cup. Um, he's really, he really manages to, to, to lift players to another level, and he's done that remarkably with England. I think he should be sticking around, but I mm. think there needs to be a very, very clear message uh, given um, by the FA to him while they're, while they're probably begging him to stay because there are no other strong options at the moment because Graham Potter's in a job that he wouldn't leave for the England job. Uh, Eddie Howe's in a job that he wouldn't leave for the England job, and they're the two most obvious homegrown kind of options. Um, but but the, the FA do need to sit there and say, look, why have we failed this time? Mm. And they need to tell him. There needs yeah. to be a clear message to say there is a reason why we failed, and it isn't just because we had a, had a crap breath. It isn't just because um, because uh, Raheem had to go home. It isn't just because we had a few of our players who are out of form coming into the tournament. Because he's overcome that. Yeah, you got to put that back much- on him. I think, I think. Yes. Um, and Matt, no, sorry, yeah, mate. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap it. We're gonna have to leave it there, mate. We have a, uh, a couple of things we need to get to. So, mate, I really appreciate your time, and I know you're mid vent, and I know that I was your counselling session. But take a deep <laughs> breath, my friend. Thank you for your time, and enjoy the rest of the tournament if you can.